You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It is 8.04 a.m. And Lawson, it's come time for our next quiz question, please. Yeah, here we go. The next quiz question in Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. God shows us what is good and what he requires us to do. He wants us to do justly. And what two other things? So he says in this verse, Micah 6 verse 8, he says to do justly. And then there's two other things that he tells us to do. What are those two things? If you know the answer, 0491-064-669. It's been amazing. Lots of people have been playing the quiz this morning. So good job to everyone. But guys, again, the more questions you answer correctly, the more chances you have to win the Bible quiz show, as well as the Bible challenge card game. We want to give these to you absolutely for free, giving you win the draw and how do you get in the draw you answer questions correctly so again 0491 that is the number to text hey we have a text message here from wayne he says good morning guys isn't that what we're waiting for is for church and state to combine um and the vatican in america so According to Bible prophecy, and this was relating to what we were saying, we were talking about the presidency in the United States and and the various candidates and the fact that there's not many there's not many good options there's lots of lying and corruption and and politics and unfulfilled promises and all these various things uh but what wayne is highlighting here is a very true reality that's actually shown to us in bible prophecy and something that he mentions the vatican here something that has been modeled to us by the vatican why we can you know to give us some insight as to why we can see it so wrong but something that we're expecting in the future amongst mm. the global superpowers is the combining of church and state mm. to fulfill Satan's mandate of the worship of both him and self. Yeah, and Revelation you know, 13 particularly covers right. that in a lot of detail. That's right. And we know that as we see these things unfolding, it means that it's the signs that Jesus is really coming soon. So, um, yeah, I mean, is it something we look forward to? Yes, in, in, in one way, because it means mm. Jesus is coming, but are we yeah. looking forward to the joining? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, hey, not. so. I mean, we are living in a time period now, like, and, and again, I'm saying some things that are a little bit unqualified, but at the same time, these are biblical truths that if you have questions about of, you know, you can contact us and we would love to study with you or get you into uh, into uh, contact with someone who can study the Bible with you. But what we understand from Bible prophecy is that every time prophecy in the Bible, every period of time that the Bible is give, given, you know, 2,300 years, 1,260 years. Yeah. And the Bible is amazing at this, giving literal dates to when these events will happen. Like, it's amazing. All Even of, to the date of when Jesus was going to be crucified. That's you right. Know, in, the, in, in the mid, in the middle of the week. Middle yeah. of the week in, in, in Daniel chapter 9. But we can see, like, all of these time prophecies have been fulfilled. That's right. We now live in an era in which the signs of the times are increasing, Matthew 24, and then the last uh, events to unfold is that of Revelation 13, which is what we see this world globalized government that combines church and states and enforces a certain type of worship. And this unfolding we're kind of we're in this place now where we're seeing the pendulum swing back and forward in in the politics of the global superpowers from right wing to left wing to right wing to left wing to pro-christian to anti-christian to pro-religion to anti-religion to to pro this to anti that we're seeing it swing backwards and forwards and more rapidly and more divisive 
as time goes along. Culture is shifting and changing so quickly, up and down and left and right. And as we see those signs increasing, which are very obvious to see from Matthew 24, and we see these political divides build and build and build and build and build and these crises unfold, that's when we then come to a time in which under great crisis, there will be, yeah, there will be a, a, a you know, we, we see it as essentially a false savior character, you know, as someone to stand in. The Bible says in Revelation 13, and that character is also characterized as a nation as well. It's not mm-hmm. a person. But the Bible says that, you know, it's a, it looks like a lamb, but speaks like mm-hmm. a dragon. dragon. And it stands in and it says, hey, actually, guys, we've got the solution. But is actually, it's its goal is to enforce worship that is against God and ultimately gets people to to receive the mark of the beast and be lost and so for us as christians today we're looking at these things unfolding in politics this is why i always recommend when it comes to politics have your say like go and vote go and and because we we all live in various countries we're we're here in australia it's like i want to see stuff happen in parliament that benefits me and others you know like like i I want good policy to, Mm. to to happen like that that's my right as a citizen of australia but to be blanket like i I am a registered voter of this party or this party or this party. I just think it is unsafe for a Christian to do so because ultimately, at the end of the day, the reality is, and again, I said this during my news segment, even if a party says up, stands up and says, we are the Christian party who supports Christians, you just can't trust it. Because, like, and again, it's like, okay, well, what's underlying that statement? Do you want a, you know, combining of church and state or whatever it may be? It's like, it is so it's it's impossible to be affiliated with these different parties politically i think at the same time there are christians in politics who are doing good things and and again we need to have our voice and i think faithfully you know faithful christians but again we need to be watching we need to be vigilant and we need to see like hey you know, let's uh let's 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 go with god on this one rather than the allegiance to a political party absolutely and that's why we have to have our antennas up the whole time and so be true. wise with the choices that we actually make in these areas because the thing is that like you say everything is moving so rapidly and you know pa- uh, pastor justin Lorman, when he's covered some of his segments oh, really yeah. woken us up you know in so many areas of what is actually happening so rapidly and he said you know how in the u.s it's just moving faster than ever before um, and what we can be expecting in the next year or so that will be happening is just going to just bowl us. It's going to have a worldwide impact. And yeah, and, the, and knowing our God's word and especially, I mean, a lot of people shy away from knowing Re- the book of Revelation, but like we've said so many times, it is Jesus focused because yes. it actually begins with the revelation of Jesus Christ, which mm-hmm. is the revealing of Jesus Christ, which is means that it's all based on, on, you know, Jesus is at the center of all of the book of Revelation and the prophetic book and, and, and that, and that really the key is that, you know, of Revelation is that Jesus wins and Satan loses. So we're not to fear. But here the thing, here the thing is the thing that we need to be ready all the time, not to be getting ready. We need to be ready with what is going to be coming our way. Because if we're not anchored in Jesus Christ now, how we will actually stand against the things that will actually come our way so rapidly and so quickly, so intensely and so heavily and in the next few months and stuff like that in the next mm. year or and, and, and soon, you know, so, so soon. And, you know, with, with what's actually happening with President Biden, with Joe Biden, with Trump at the moment, and like you say, you know, you said in news segment, 
Two, two that are standing right there for the election and are just so, so, so corrupt. Mm. I mean, isn't that just a huge indication of the way that the world is yeah. is moving and we've got to be ready, at, be anchored in Jesus Christ? And I think what's so important to highlight and acknowledge with that as well is it's like this, like corruption in politics everywhere. But again, what we see in America, the leaders of the free world, uh, the leaders of the West and, and that corruption taking place amongst them and... And, you know, we need to realize that it's it's everywhere. It is the consequence and the result of sin. And the only person that we can look to is Christ. Like, really, yeah. because... And we see that corruption in politics. We see it in, in churches. You know, people get power and do the wrong thing, all this kind of stuff. At the same time, as the Bible clearly says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, it says, even when you see the day approaching, do not forsake the assembling of the That's believers right. together. Like, we have been given a mandate from God to be a part of church, and, and that and to be a part of our Christian community and to to reach other people. Like, these are all incredibly important things that even as we see the day approaching, like, we are called to do. But, again, it's so important to just have our eyes open and to be realizing, like, man, the only thing that is going to get us through is Christ. Is Christ. His protection, His love, His care, His plan. Like, that is the only that is the only option we have it's it's all in jesus and that's what we've been looking at in ephesians so far in him in him like the Um, work that christ has done and then we covered ephesians 3 yesterday which is amazing for what we're talking about because we see all this disunity amongst people we see all this unity in an ungodly sense amongst people but then the promise here in ephesians 3 and we're going to be moving to ephesians 4 today the promise here in ephesians 3 is that god can enable a godly unity amongst people jews gentiles from everywhere when we stand for christ we can see his work go forward it's powerful stuff that god can do the way that he can work in the hearts of humans you're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. And I love what you were saying there, Lawson, about that. And, of course, in Ephesians 3, as we unpack that, we're actually going to go now into Ephesians chapter 4, mm. uh, which is fantastic because it actually talks about walking in unity mm. and about being the new man and not grieving in the spirit. But here's the thing. I love the fact that in the first Three chapters, really, what Paul actually does really beautifully. He, he talks about the calling. Mm. He talks about the fact that we are called. We are called yes. by Christ. And that in, he actually unpacks, um, the, the doctrinal principles that are actually really important there. And he actually, uh, of course, in those chapters, we've unpacked the fact that it's about our adoption as God's children. That's in chapter one, the hope of his inheritance. We've also looked at the fact that we, we are part of the inheritance in, uh, um, in, in God, the fact that the truth of Christ's glorious rule is just so important. And, of course, the riches of God's lavish grace, which we, we actually pre, um, mentioned yesterday in at the end of chapter chapter 2. We actually uncovered that as well. Can you read the end of chapter 2, those two last three verses again, please? Yeah. Actually, in the last four, from 19 to 22, because that's actually going to tie in nicely to uh, the overview of three that we've just mentioned briefly and move into chapter 4, because that ties in about being one. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm just pulling it up here. I'm getting getting a little bit of lag with my uh, with my Bible. Here we go. Ephesians chapter two and verse nineteen. The Bible says, "Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members with the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone." in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? And so here, this is where we see that that pulling together to being built, being built together mm. into one dwelling place, mm. into you know, into the into the temple. And so now, of course, then what Paul does here in chapter four, he talks about being the body, the body mm. having the different parts. And so in chapter two, it's about that whole unity again as well. In chapter three, it's about the the glory of uh, of of God's um, incomprehensible love, that the whole love, and we unpack the whole mystery uh, that Christ. Christ is the core, that he is the, the mystery, that he is the center of all of that. And now as we look at chapter 4, we uh, actually, can we read those first six verses of chapter 4? And even if we can go to, let, actually let's read all of chapter 4 because then we can unpack all it a whole of chapter lot better. Four. Yeah, yeah, let's sorry, do Sorry, not it. all of it. Sorry, to, to the end of 16, sorry. I was going to say, because otherwise we'll be here just um, reading. Nah, man, we want to unpack it. I can read. We want to unpack, sorry. Nah, here we go. (laughs) I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now, this he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descends is also the one who ascends, who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself 
in love. Yeah, wow. Isn't that powerful? And again, that, that word unity, to be united mm. together, to be one keeps coming up, doesn't it? Mm. And notice at the start of verse 4, isn't that interesting how he actually says there again, therefore, in other words, he's linking the, the, you know, chapter 3 yeah. together with chapter 4. Again, the prisoner of the Lord, he's, he's talking about himself how about in, in being in prison and the prisoner of Christ, and beseech you to walk worthy of the calling. So there he's saying, in, okay, I have been covering this calling, which I mentioned earlier, about the calling. Now he's saying, like, okay, you've been called, so now mm-hmm. walk in that way to reflect the fact that you've been called. And mm-hmm. you you and I have been called into ministry. We've believed that God has called us to become ministers, don't mm-hmm. we? And so what does that look like? It, it, it's, it looks like the fact that we respond to that but we also need to walk to reflect the fact that we believe that Jesus has called us, that we actually believe that we have been changed and transformed through Jesus Christ, that we are righteous because we're clothed in the robe of righteousness Amen. of Christ, mm. and the fact that, that we are to be different from those who are not Christian. Yeah, that, and, that's and, right. And further than that, as a leader of the church, to actually be different because we are leading people. And yeah. therefore, we are to re- reflect Christ in every single way. And so here's the thing. It, what he's saying by saying walk, you know, to, to be walking um, what's the wording again? He's worthy of walk, worthy of the calling of which you were called. He's actually saying here, hey, this is a lifestyle. Mm. He's not saying just do it a once off type thing, you know, or just do it every now and then. He's saying walk mm-hmm. all the time in this life. This is a lifestyle. So whether people see you, whether people don't see you, what you do behind the scenes when people are not watching is really important, just as important when people are around you. And even more so when you are around people, the way that you are Mm. will determine whether people believe in Jesus or not by your actions, by your words. Yeah, I love this passage too because it's a real like admonition against pride and very much a promotion and encouragement of this type of servant leadership with, as it says here, it says with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. And the reality is, is like, I would love, you know, to be, I, I love being a part of churches where people just feel that they should step up to various yes. roles, you know, and I've been working in churches before and, and it's, it's just awesome when the church just cohesively works and everyone's just like, you know, what? I, there, there's some role that I'm going to champion like, man. So, and, and no matter like what role that is there at, at Newcastle university, uh, right now I'm at the, the Avondale university church and it's a huge church and there's like many people doing many things, but it was, it was really potent to see at Newcastle university church where we were a church plant. We were much smaller and a lot of the roles of the church had to be taken on by just key people and it was and, and it's just like oh and, and multiple roles taken by mm. by people because it's like oh this is what we have to do to get it done and there there's a girl there her name is jenny and she was a convert to the faith in 2020 she was baptized wow beautiful. and she just decided to champion the space of baking of always providing at 
every church, function, social, birthday, uh, you know, small group, everything, she brings along some kind of food and usually something she's baked. She's gone and she's done a baking course. She's actually like, she's, she's like a, she's got a degree in like biology, so she's legit. But then she's like, oh, my passion's actually like baking. And so she's gone and done a baking course and now she's working in a bakery, actually up here in Curry, like wow, very, nice. very close to where we are. And dude, like she, it just, brings life to like everything we do and like and it's so amazing actually in our small groups that people come from the outside and they get to eat this amazing food and then they just give so like jenny is just the most humble person like she doesn't ask for compliments she doesn't ask for anything and we hype her up and she's like oh guys come on it was it was easy and uh you know i just i just did it in my spare time wow, and i just wanted beautiful. to bring something hey. along and especially all of the non believers who are coming along and who are learning about God and whatnot. Like they, they're just like, Oh, Jenny's the best. We love Jenny. Like, and, and they see this person who, again, who not only makes the most amazing vegan pastries and desserts you've ever eaten, but furthermore, is just so humble about it. Beautiful. This like level, this servant leadership, this kind character that she has. And when we see here, you know, this encouragement, hey, in all loneliness and gentleness and long suffering, bearing with one another in love, you know, in, in the church environment, when we can have that unity where it's just, we're all just serving. But from that leadership perspective, like, hey, I'm going to champion a space, but it's to serve others. It's so powerful and it powerful. is such a witness. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. That was Phillips, Craig and Dean with Tears. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuda and Lawson. We're going to have our quiz quiz question really shortly, but, hey, we've also got a text that's come through from Suzanne. She asked great tips, Jeremy. So we had Jeremy on for our interview short while ago who does the Revive Cookbooks. He actually did on multitasking and how to, to do speed cooking, you can kind of say. And she says here, I wonder if packs of 100% dried potato flakes are in Australia. I know Deb Instant Mashed Potato has actually milk in it. Yeah, Deb, Deb instant mashed potato. Um, you know, you get more in the in the stores, like Woolies, Coles, places like that. We've actually looked it up here too. And yes, Suzanne, you can actually get the dried potato flakes in the whole food stores, yeah. as, as well as um, probably some of the well health food stores as well. Sometimes you get them. I know in the Blue Mountains, you get the big big bins, the big buckets where they actually have um, you know the beans and the nuts and the things like that and the flakes. So you can get them in places like that as well. But, yeah, you might need to look around a little bit um, or even phone around. But, yeah, the 100% is the way to go, um, Mm. you know, to actually have that so that, yeah, if you're needing things on a quick run, um, add in the old Whip it up together as the KFC flavouring that, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, what did you say? I I actually wrote it down. So the potato flakes, 100% potato flakes, boil water, or add a bit of milk and then a bit of salt, and it's like KFC potatoes. Dude, I did too. Mashed potatoes, so yum. Isn't it? Mashed potatoes, just the bomb. Like, yeah, so good. Yeah, really and yum. It, on, especially on a day like this here in Newcastle, where we're broadcasting from, it is overcast and cloudy and rainy, and like soups and mashed potatoes and roast veggies and gravy. It's like, oh, it's the prime weather for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just yummy. Hey, what's our next quiz question, please? Hey, awesome. next quiz question. Our final quiz question. In Malachi 4, God promised that the coming prophet would turn the hearts from whom. To whom Aww. and vice versa. So, great so, verse. So, which, so he said, hey, the coming prophet 
He'll turn the hearts of two people, essentially, mm-hmm. two groups of people toward each other's. And the question is, well, who are those two groups? Yep. If you know the answer, hey, 0491-064-669. And if you answer that correctly, you go into the draw to win the Bible Quiz Show book as well as the Bible Challenge game. Both of these just helping you to know the Bible better, but also giving you a resource that you can play with your friends, play at church, play at home play with your family. It's just awesome and sharpen those those Bible knowledge skills. Absolutely. Absolutely. In every way. That number again is 0491-064-669. And we're continuing on Ephesians 4 in our Bible study time. Mm. And the fact that in Ephesians 4, Paul actually looks about the walking mm. to reflect your calling and walking and growing in that lifestyle. And of course, how, how is that done? He, he speaks about in the ver- early verses in chapter 4 about humility Humility, gentleness, peace, mm. tolerance, love, unity. Mm. But the whole key throughout is unity, and it's on the basis of what he actually lists as the seven ones, doesn't mm. he? he? He lists the one spirit, the one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one, one Father. Yeah. And it's also based, um, if, I know when we, Lyle was on, remember a few weeks ago when we were actually unpacking this packet? package Mm. this passage we were Mm. unpacking it and of course john chapter 17 if you can look that up please for us yeah sure john 17 and verse 3 and also verse 21 we haven't got time to go back into the whole of john 17 but there again very much speaks about the oneness but can you read for us john chapter 17 verse 3 and verse 21 please this verse 3 here classic verse it says and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And then verse 21 here, where the Bible says that they may be one as you, you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Is I mean, and right there in that verse. So hear, hear the prayer. So just a bit of context. So Jesus prays for himself, then he prays for the disciples, and he prays for the believers. And the verse twenty one is actually under the part that is where he's praying for praying for the believers. In other mm-hmm. words, us today, mm-hmm. um, as when he says for us to be for us to be one, as he and the Father are one. Yeah. And there's that that unity right there that Paul actually speaks of that is really important and so he's actually Paul also says you know put aside the old self put on the new self that is through and in Jesus Christ and that way people and and therefore the way that you are towards each other in humility in peace in understanding towards one another and love um, and and hope and all of those things will reflect Jesus Christ Mm. and then of course verse at the end of verse 21 in John there that you read says here's the reason so that the world may believe that you sent me isn't that crucial yeah absolutely well again and it was what jesus reflected to the people it it, it was a few things it was firstly like his miracles secondly his character and temperament yes his authority authority Uh, then his sacrifice and i think in the beginning they were like you know sacrifice messiah what that doesn't really make sense but then following that his resurrection Resurrection. and when they saw all of these things they they saw the full picture of jesus they saw who he was and what he had accomplished and then furthermore the promise that he would come back again they they understood when when jesus says like i and the father are one they're like 
oh yeah, like he's the son of God. Like, mm. like he's the Messiah is the son of God. Like, yeah. He is here as God in the flesh, saving us from our sins, completing the mission that no, none of us could do, you know, doing something that none of us could do. Um, and not because it, well, ultimately because Jesus, um, yeah, he forewent his divine power, lived as a human, lived perfectly as a human, and paid the penalty for sin because of that, of his pure blood, the pure, innocent sacrifice. And so they see this unfolding before them, mm. and they get this picture of like, oh, wait, like, okay, like Jesus from the Father. Like, it, it makes sense for them. I think especially for the Jews, like, for the Jews themselves, they have this knowledge and this historical knowledge about God, right? And God mm. the Father and, and God in heaven and whatnot and what God has provided and done for them. Mm. So, the, so they see God and they see, you know, a oh, pillar of cloud by day and fire by night, the Exodus, you know, the, the, the various times where God fought battles for them and, and wars and protection, all these, they're, they're vast, rich history of the love that God has for them. They're like, okay, yeah, like God, like God loves us. And then they see their failures and they see that they went into captivity in Babylon, all these things. They're like, okay, that's our fault. But then even so, God brought us out. And then once they see Jesus's life play out, they're like, okay, Jesus and the Father, mm. like they're one. Mm-hmm. Like they have the same mission and mm. it's and it's for the world. And then for the Gentiles, they kind of get it from an opposite perspective, right? They yeah. don't have this rich cultural history with the Father. They they don't have the story of the Exodus or, you know, the pillar of cloud or fire, but they see Jesus. Mm. They see the love of Jesus. They see that man, no other man in the in the mm. great the Greco-Roman world is like this. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, this like like Cornelius, mm-hmm. right? Or, yeah. or or like the Roman centurion and they see Jesus like, okay, you know, Pontius Pilate yeah. or the Roman guard who yeah. is beside the crucifix when Jesus, you know, says, forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do. Like they see that aspect of Jesus and they're like Man, maybe this guy is the son of God. Like, and 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 they worship him as a result. And so, from both angles, and and for the for this Gentiles seeing Jesus, it leads them back to God the Father. And for and for the the Jews knowing God the Father, they see Jesus, and they they come yes. to this conclusion. Oh, yeah, isn't that a beautiful picture? Yeah, from yeah. both sides, both both the Gentiles it's and all, the Jews grab it's that. It's all loving. It's all power. It's all provision, and it's all. Uh, uh, you know, omnipotence and grace and, and everything that they could know about God. They see that they could see in the father, they could see in Christ is like, wow, this unity amongst God, that's who God is and yep. the love that he has for us. You're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith FM, positively different. You're listening to the breakfast show and Hey, we have some answers. We do. Come time for all all the answers. No more questions, just answers. Here we go. In Deuteronomy chapter 22, chapter 22, I was about to say chapter 2022, chapter 22, what three animals are mentioned that should be returned if they are wandering? And that is the sheep, the donkey, and the ox. If you're out in the field and you see these things wandering around, hey, you gotta, you gotta take them back. And I'm wondering there, like with, because the other option was like cow, goat, horse. It's like, oh, if they're not, if they're out wandering, like if they, if you can't identify their owner, is it's just yours? Maybe like you just, you just get to keep them. Producer Shell, what's the insight? 
Well, that's why I put in the questions that that are specifically mentioned. Mm. Doesn't mean that you don't return all of the animals, but these three are specifically mentioned. Ah, <laughs> okay, okay. So there's not like a differentiation made of like. These animals return, but hey, if you see a stallion out there, that's yours, buddy. It's like it's got like a saddle and saddlebags and like like thirty kilos of gold attached to it. Hey, it's yours now. Like they they left it out. No, no, it's you should return the animals. Return, return people's what is, what property. Is yeah. Your neighbors. Absolutely, that's right. In the book of Philemon, who is Epaphras's fellow prisoner? It was Paul. It was Paul. It was Paul, the writer of the book of Philemon. So mm. awesome stuff there. If someone opened a door. Door, the door for him. What did Jesus promise to do? I love oh, this passage so much. Romans chapter 3 and verse 20. Mm. Come in and eat or dine or sup with you. I remember that was like among some of the first Bible verses that I ever, ever memorized. True. And yeah. it was because it's just such a powerful promise. It's like if I let Jesus into my life, like he will be with me. It's powerful stuff. He he will he wants to be present. He wants in, to be present, absolutely, you know, in every way. Uh, the next one here, if someone, uh, that I just read that one, in Micah chapter 6 and verse 8, God shows us what is good and what he requires of us. He wants us to do justly and what other things. It's to love mercy, mercy and, walk and walk humbly, humbly. What do you think with looks, the Lord. What do you think it looks like to love mercy? Well, I think, I mean, so much, it, it's about knowing that we actually have Jesus has shown us mercy in every yeah. way. And therefore, we are to show mercy to others. Yeah, absolutely. I think mercy is that regard of, it's not necessarily a lack of consequences completely, but I think at the same time, it reflects like the, the we don't always have the ability to live up to the various calls or the job, mm. you know, and I can think of so many times in my life where I failed at something, mm. you know, I, 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 whether trying my best or not trying my best, like, like I really, really tried to do something or, or anyways, I failed. And I can just think of the various people who like gave me mercy, you know, versus other people who were just like, Oh, Hey, you know, you failed. You, da, 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 da. They get on your case about it. Whereas people are like, Hey, you know, sorry, sorry about that. Uh, you know, and, and they give you encouragement and mercy. They're like, Hey, let's just try better next time. And, and I love that you said that word, sorry, because what was going through my mind is that forgiveness is such a huge part of this whole loving mercy, doesn't it? So, um, yeah, in every way. So yeah, just an important one. Hey. Yeah, and then finally here in Malachi chapter 4, God promised that the coming prophet would turn the hearts from whom to whom and vice versa. It was from the father to the parents and from the parents to the fathers. The father to the sons, the father to the children, the children to their fathers, that they would, you know, turn to one another and, you know, there, there would be this unity that happens among them and it's because of what Jesus has done. And I love the fact that in that passage actually beforehand refers to Elijah the prophet, but also the the, the, the new Elijah in the New Testament that was referred to is John the Baptist. Yeah. Of course, turning the hearts of the fathers, you know, children to their fathers and, yeah. and, and the parents. And, of course, that's written about a lot in, in, in Luke chapter 1 as well. We've come to the end of our breakfast show and we want to leave you with just a promise for the day. This one is from James 1.5 that says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously mm. to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Isn't that just so beautiful? Without passage. finding fault. That's the whole thing of what we're talking about, even about love, mercy, even earlier. Mm. Like, you know, God is such a merciful and loving God in every way.
We want to encourage you to do the same today and through this week. And that's why we want you to remember today to do justly, love mercy and walk humbly. And you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.